0: Hi, this is Sarah from Naomi. In this episode, I am joined by three Naomi community members, Shantae, Patry, and Megan. We will be sharing with you what we have experienced when participating in dependent relationships. Please join us as we find joy in the discomfort of our healing journeys. Let's talk a little bit about dependency and dependent relationships in our life. And so that's where we use someone outside of ourselves to help us feel stable, to feel connected, to feel like we belong. And really what we're doing in that dependency and in that dependent relationship is that we are trying to ease the lack of disconnection and past pain in our life, right? by use of another person. And so what has that looked like for you, you know? In your relationships, maybe past or current, how do you use others to ease your own pain? Or how do you change yourself maybe to participate in that relationship to make it work so that you have that person around you?
1: Um, For me, at the most extreme variation of that dependent relationship, I can literally use it as, you know, my highs and lows. Um, I can really get trapped into relationships that include pushing and pulling, and nothing gets me more distracted from myself than those types of roller coaster rides. Um, you know, I've used substances in the same way, and so. Uh, you know, if I eliminate substances, it can get pretty bad with getting attached to the wrong style of relationship in that way. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, it's really good. Um, mine is kind of similar. I have a tendency to um, attach to people and to um, completely like shut off all parts of self. I will numb all my thoughts and feelings that might not align with the other person or might cause them to reject me or might cause conflict. Um, I tend to be an over-functioner in relationship, especially in my intimate relationships where I, um, and my relationships from family of origin, but I have a tendency to make it really easy for people to be in relationship with me. This can look like... Um, So let's say me and my partner both work the same hours at work, but I will make sure that it is my responsibility to take care of everything else too. All household duties, I'm making lunches, I'm taking care of kids, and I am encouraging that other person to not do anything. I'm encouraging that other person to just like, rest, I got it, I can take it. Um, And that does a couple things for me that, one, um, it makes them dependent on me and that makes me feel better because I am needed. It, it makes me feel good about myself. Um, it, it helps me sit in a place of, like when I'm in my deepest parts of dependency, it helps me sit in a place of, um, look at all these things I can do, but at the same time, I am just wanting someone to help out. Like I want someone to like step in and be like, oh no, that's too much. Like I will take this load for you. Um, So that builds in resentments and all kinds of other things, too.
0: What does it look like if someone does try, like your partner comes back and says, no, I can help carry this load with you? It makes me feel
2: really uncomfortable. Like, I can't provide, like, I did something wrong. Oh, I didn't, like, I didn't do this thing fast enough or good enough or well enough. And now you're having to ask me um, if I need help. And, oh, I don't need help. I can do all of the things and then some, but really I'm actually drowning.
3: I agree with that. I definitely, I do the same, I do the same thing. I really do. Um, For me, I will, I will completely like shut myself off in relationships too, where I'll share little things. And if it even seems like it makes the other person uncomfortable or like rocks the boat, then I've no, I know that boundary and, um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I try to keep everything just at like a calm level. And like, I go with the flow of things and really like inside I am so uncomfortable and, um, and yeah, those resentments build up really fast. And I like how you shared about doing all of the things because that even happened, um, for me recently where it's like, you know, I'm Hustling, trying to get things done. And and yeah, then it's like, do you need help? And I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't need help at all. And um, yeah, it is, it's overwhelming.
1: Yeah, like one thing that I've noticed that when I'm in a codependent relationship and things are going well, uh, what I've noticed changes is that I essentially abandon every need that I have and it seems like the relationships revolve around I meet your needs and you meet my needs. And there's a lot of strings attached uh, to those uh, needs uh, being met, so Instead of I focusing on me and what I need, I'm constantly on hyper-vigilance to figure out what the other person needs in order for the relationship not to fail. Because if for some reason I miss a beat in realizing that was a need the other person had, then all of a sudden it all falls apart and is destroyed. Um, And then that's where it like, you know, you hit your bottoms in the relationship um, and you're just scrambling to figure out, well, how can I meet the other person's need better? And how could I do it better next time? And um, it's a very frustrating cycle in my experience.
0: What needs inside of yourself when that dynamic is happening, do you find just totally shutting off or even maybe dismissing? I even hear just total dismissal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What needs end up just getting completely untaken care of for you?
1: Um, I think that at the core of it, I just stopped pursuing uh, my own personal interests. Um, I stop paying attention to my own feelings, um, you know, how circumstances might feel. So if somebody else's needs need to be met, it might mean that I have to ignore myself, including things like if I have a stomach ache, but I will still overlook that part of it and continue to help somebody else, even though I'm not feeling well. Um, If I'm tired, I might overlook the fact that I'm tired and just continue to push myself to an extreme where I'll exhaust myself. You know, like usually I'll just get to this place where I say this relationship is no fun. And that's not really what I mean. And and the umbrella of this is no fun anymore is really like I can't be myself anymore you know I can't explore who I am I can't achieve my own personal goals Um, I guess it kind of looks like that Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Um, I am also uh, very hyper vigilant in like trying to figure out what the other person needs and I will spend all my time um, addressing and assessing like what are they interested in? What do they need? I pay attention to the nonverbal communication so I can get to it before they even have to say anything because maybe they will love me more than, Mm -hmm. um, there's a saying that I heard and it it is, um, no one rejects you if you take out the trash. So if I am constantly like in a state of doing all of these things, like how, how can I have less, um, it's less likely that somebody is going to reject me or, not give me the affection that I need. But everything that I'm doing is not necessarily for the other person. It is to gain their affection or love or time or um, I want to belong to them or get something from them that lets me know that, oh, I'm okay.
1: You Mm -hmm. know, and
2: that's how I spend my time in dependency.
1: I can relate to that. And sometimes other people's needs are moving targets. And oftentimes, you're in a relationship with someone that's even unwilling to express their own needs. And so it becomes this like, uh, you have to turn into this little detective to try and figure it out and uh, not trip the wires in the wrong way. And yeah, it's it's not a fun Mm -hmm. experience. It's so much easier to just take care of your own needs really, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, seriously. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Maybe not. (laughs) So, you know, as you're talking about all of this, it sounds exhausting. This constant participation, turning off yourself, not caring for yourself, not getting your needs met, and always trying to figure out the other person to essentially keep them happy so they won't leave you. Right, right, yeah, and then you make this statement. Really, it would just be easier to just take care of myself. Right, right. But then everyone laughs. How come? How well, come? How come it's not, it's easier in theory but not in actual reality?
1: I mean, because okay, I don't want no, to. We okay. all have time. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think for me, what I've figured out is like, you know, the when I'm in codependent relationships, I'm in a constant state of anxiety and that anxiety feels really comfortable. Um, And so if I'm constantly trying to meet your needs, I'm in a state of anxiety. The moment I stop trying to meet your needs and the anxiety disappears, I go into the state of depression. And that's really the two layers A lot of times when you're in codependent relationship, you go from states of anxiety to then depression, because then now you're having to look at yourself and what your needs are. And it's kind of depressing sometimes when you look back in time and you realize that you've abandoned all of your needs in order to meet other people's needs. And it just makes you super sad and lonely. You know, it's a scary place to sit in, um, especially in the beginning. Like, oh, my God, what did I just do with my life with all these people that I've been taking care of? I don't know
3: where I go with that mm-hmm. I agree that is so that is so true. And I even would feel guilt afterwards like coming out of that anxiety of like trying to like meet the needs and do the things and make sure that I'm not rejected that then when it, it something does come up that I'm like, I want to do this or this is how um, this is one of my needs, I feel very guilty even asking and it seems foreign to whoever that relationship is with too, because they're like, why are you stepping outside of what this has been? Um, And it is, it makes me feel guilty. And then I usually retreat back to, okay, how can we, how can we resolve this? And I, when I think of me in a codependent relationship, I'm very small. Like I'm very small. I try to keep myself just like in a little bubble where I, am not causing any problems and everything is fine because I feel like if I don't do that, then there's someone else who will. And there's someone who will be better in that relationship and then I will be alone. And that's scary.
2: Mm-hmm. That's super scary.
1: <clears throat>
2: yeah. yeah, those... So when I am coming out of a dependent relationship and I'm trying to just look at myself and focus on myself. There's a couple things that happen. One, it's scary um, and in- initially like I recoil from it because I don't feel like I'm like worthy of the attention. Um, it's unfamiliar because I'm not having to hustle for my worthiness. It's there's zero payoff it, well, there's payoff, but it doesn't feel like there's any payoff <laughs> because I get instant payoff. when I'm doing something for you, and I can see your like uh, um, a moment get better for you, or some temporary relief. Like it's instant for me in that moment to be able to like get some get some relief. And when I'm doing that for myself, relief does not come that fast. Um, things are not um, they seem they seem harder, and it doesn't seem worth it. Um, and it's slow going. And the more I uncover about myself um, especially like in the beginning stages of uncovering um, who I am I it doesn't feel like I'm worthy of this love and intention I'm trying to give to myself because I am just purely seeing all the selfish acts that I've been doing all the ways I've been manipulating people everything is coming to light on how the things I was doing for other people were really for myself like that, when I started uncovering that, that was um, super hard for me to admit, to sit in, to um, accept it as truth and to continue on my journey. That was probably the most like that, that depression and that sadness and that it doesn't feel worth it and how come I want to do this and what is this life? Is this real life? Um, yeah, that stage was super hard.
3: The awareness, <clears throat> yeah. That awareness of, um, the role that you played, because I know for me, like it was, it's really easy to look at past relationships and, and be the victim and be the victim and be like, I was just trying to do my part. And then when you actually start doing this work and seeing the actual negative things that you in turn were also doing or the payout that I was getting, um, it is, it's, it's sad and it does, I guess depressed is the right word for that. Mm. Um, it makes it hard to peel more layers for sure, but um, it definitely has its payouts now for sure. But it, yeah, it was, it is, you feel a little guilty for also treating people like that.
0: Mm-hmm. You all have mentioned, you know, relating to that depression and that sadness part of becoming just aware of, you know, what you have done to yourself and how you have also participated in your relationships. Mayan, let's go back to what you had talked about, about the fear part, right? I think you had said something along the lines of, if I don't do it, there's definitely someone else that will do this for you and then I'll be alone.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know and so if you could talk a little bit more about Mm. that fear and about that being alone part as kind of being a motivator for how come you choose to continue participating in the dependency and those dependent relationships Mm
3: -hmm. yeah I think for me um, just looking at past relationships it usually was romantic ones where this pattern started um, where To me, I felt like I needed to abandon just everything um, in order to gain that attention and gain that affection. Um, And I wanted to, you know, be that popular girl or that pretty girl, whatever that looked like, right? And um, when I saw eventually that even participating in that way wasn't enough. that was devastating in itself and so I got to see like oh I mean you can keep trying for this and that person still may leave or go somewhere else right and um and I just got stuck in that pattern of constantly trying to make sure that I was doing everything that I could um in relationships just to keep them happy um with friendships too I mean yeah everybody's different we all have different opinions and um I think that I would definitely close mine down if I wanted to fit in with a certain group of friends if it was important to me for whatever reason um to be in that group I would make sure that I lessened myself to fit in with the crowd um Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if that answers the question yeah I think so
0: What is important about the fitting in part or the getting them to like you part? That it,
3: in my head, that it proves my worth Mm -hmm. and that I'm good and that I am nice and fun or pretty, whatever, whatever that looks like um, and that I'm okay.
2: Mm
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I'm okay, and um, that I can make friends and I can do things. But it is—it's like once you abandon all of those things, you know, when you do have a second to yourself, you start to see like, I don't really have friendships, or I don't go and do the things that I used to do. Like I don't—I don't show up for myself in these ways, and I only have friends. With certain people, or you know, it just you get to see that you are a lot more alone than what you had thought <clears throat> were.
2: Yeah, I think it's yeah. interesting you say that because so my the fear that is driving all of my behaviors is the fear of like I am not enough. Yeah, and the reason why I'm participating in the relationship is because I want the relationship to tell me that I'm enough, that I am okay. Yep. And the driving fear behind that is, if I'm alone, I am nothing. If I am alone, that means I am nothing. That means no one loves me. Yep. Um, and that's reinforced by our culture. Um, it's not an okay thing to be by yourself. You need to be in a relationship. You need to have X, Y, and Z. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that you that you say that. Like the fear that we're yeah. thing that we're running from is being alone. But actually, we have all these dependent relationships in which we are. Um, that are transactional, I do for you, you do for me, or we have to show up in a certain way to make the relationship work, and in that we are not seen, and in that we are not known, and we are incredibly, um, that's like sometimes it feels you as if you are even more alone as if, rather than if you were just like at home by yourself, not participating in all the fakeness of the relationship. And it is so fake. Like you just sit there and you can be in a room with a ton of
3: people and you're like I don't, like this is not even me. It's not me at all and I, I mean for me too that gets dangerous too because even then in relationships if there's like really negative behaviors or anything, even if someone um, is mean to me or like hurts me in some way, I still at that point am striving even though, like, it is a very blatant, like, show of that they do not care, that they do not actually like me, love me, whatever that is, I overlook it,
2: mm-hmm. and then
3: I ignore, I ignore these, like, really big, dangerous signs, and I still strive, and I still go to gain that love or that affection, and... Mm-hmm. Um, And it's like, I'll think that it's there and it's, it's clearly not. And I know in my gut and in my soul, like, this is not okay. This is not, this is not normal. And I, and I'm conditioned now. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I keep pushing
2: forward because I'm not a quitter. And it just, (laughs) just, just, (laughs) it's hard. (laughs) So you, you mentioned in that, that, um, like you can see that the person is like causing harm and you still continue to press. oh on my that. God. anyways, yeah, I, I do that and I, have I can really. actually watched people like people do that to me and for me, it's like, oh, it's no big deal, like I can take it, I can handle it. Um, this person needs me to love them because I'm the person that can do that right yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, and likewise, like I have also watched the person who I'm trying to get my love and affection from be cruel or mean or violent to other people in front of me and I have still mm-hmm. chosen uh-huh. to yep. turn the other way because mm-hmm. I will not I will like not risk losing their love and attention and their affection like mm. that yeah means more to me than anything that is happening in front of me and that is scary yeah, it's, it's really a sad really truth for sure yeah.
1: yeah this totally takes me back to uh, a relationship I was in and this relationship ended very abruptly. Um, which was very shocking to me. It was almost like a car accident happened, Um, simply because the relationship was so codependently smooth that we rarely fought, we rarely had any altercations. It was a very calm, beautiful relationship because I was doing everything possible to caretake and it was successful. And then we hit a point in the relationship where there was a need that I could not meet for that person instantly. And so this person decided to um, alter their life completely, including my life. And so I found myself for the first time in a really long time um, with this very scary question. And the question was like, who am I without such and such? And it was like, honestly, like it was like, it happened within like weeks of this person leaving. And it was such a scary question that I just, Duffed it back down. I'm like, put that question back in that box. <laughs> oh, yeah. We do not want to know. I don't wanna know. Yeah. Where's Bumble? Let's Bumble. Let's find somebody to replace this person. Absolutely. <laughs> I literally like went back to like original style of relationships back when I was in my twenties. Like found myself mm-hmm. the most codependent comfortable like and quote unquote uncomfortable like it's not comfortable it's actually uncomfortable but went back to a different style of relationship that um, you know that I was comfortable with and it worked and I wasn't lonely but I was like anxious and depressed and it was horrible and it wasn't until a few years later where I was listening to these meditations by this gentleman named Kelly Locke, and I was actually deep in the forest by myself, (laughs) Um, you know, because now I'm in the place where I'm like, okay, being alone is probably better than that. (laughs) And um, in that meditation, Kelly Locke is like, they asked, who are you without problems? (laughs) And it took me back to the original question, who am I without such and such? And I put it all together. I'm like, oh, my God, who am I without problems? Like, it was like this moment Mm -hmm. of click, like, what am I doing in relationships? And why is it that this question about who am I without problems correlated so strongly to the original question of who am I without this person? Mm -hmm. And it was just like this, like, oh, moment. Um, Anyway, that's what I thought of when you Mm -hmm. mentioned that.
0: I love, I love it. I love the um, descriptor codependent smoothness. <laughs> right? right? Codependent smoothness. Let's talk about that. What is codependent
2: smoothness look like, you guys?
3: It's, it's, it's beautiful.
2: It's like I'm perfectly meeting all your needs. You're perfectly stroking my ego. Things are in a big swirl of... Um, a perfect mess. Yes. <laughs> so I, a, I just thought of ice cream,
1: caramel, yeah. and chocolate, and vanilla all swirled up in this so beautiful smooth. sweetness.
0: Okay. But it kind of goes to that question in the forest. Who are you without your problems, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the other side of codependent smoothness. Like, what is it that is happening to create you know this really nice, smooth relationship. You even use language beautiful in this codependent, smooth <laughs> yes. relationship. How <clears throat> how is it you know that that works then?
1: I had no idea how much of myself I was avoiding. I had no idea how much of my own needs I wasn't addressing. I wasn't pursuing. Um, my own careers, I wasn't pursuing my own hobbies, Um, I wasn't pursuing necessarily my own health and wellness, or at least I would abandon those things if it came to the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, It was all about their hobbies, their likes, their dislikes. I was in a relationship where the other person had a tendency of not um, wanting to do my hobbies, but I was always willing to do theirs. And so, you know, I just abandoned my own things, including, you know, playing guitar, which is a very important thing for me. But, you know, that was, there was early in the relationship, something about that became a problem. And so it's just, like well, I don't have to play guitar because I'm really good at so many things. And this is an opportunity to explore <laughs> new hobbies. Like, wow, look at all the yeah. things that I'm learning. And I have to say that I have a lot of relationships to thank for all the hobbies that I've picked up along the way. And I do have this great attitude of loving a lot of different things. So yes, I'm grateful for those things and I don't want to take away from the things that I've learned. And I also now love that I can pursue my own interests at my own time with my own my own smoothness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your own smoothness. Uh, I find what you shared though so key because you know, you're know you talking about having to give up the guitar but you're also sharing with us immediately the thought pattern that you use to reinforce the codependent behavior mm-hmm. of giving up the guitar. It's okay. I, I'm good at lots of things. I can <laughs> figure out new things. I can love lots of things. And so let's talk about that now a little bit. What are some of those thoughts or beliefs that you would just automatically reinforce with yourself? You know, that language or that mm-hmm. sentence or that mantra that you would just pick up immediately to justify continuing to silence yourself and instead participate.
1: Let's do it popcorn style. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would, maybe they're right. Maybe they're yeah. right. Oh, maybe they're you know, right. Know, I can handle more
2: can yeah. handle more. Yeah, I don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. This isn't actually good for me. Yeah. I can do lots of things. I'm good at all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah.
2: I love to learn new things. Yeah, I love
1: to learn new things. This is so great.
2: <laughs> it's so...
3: I... Gosh, codependent smoothness. It's crazy how... The way that you describe that, because in my codependent relationship, it was the chaos it was not smooth. Like it was very rarely that smoothness of the, it was all something always spiked. And I would always be trying to like course it and make it like settled. And that excitement and that drama kept me coming back.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
3: um, it was exciting and it was, um, You know, it's like when you watch movies and you see those relationships and it's just always like fire and um, and it wasn't boring. Yeah. Right. Like I but it was I gave up everything. Mm -hmm. And I like how you said like hobbies. I my hobbies were non-existent. Like I abandoned friendships. I um, didn't see my family as much. I oh my gosh, I abandoned everything, even ideas that I had. um, I mean, and that started at a young age for me, like with drugs, with alcohol, I was very um, adamant about not doing those things. And, you know, then you see people doing it. And I remember specifically, um, I was like 15 years old and I went, well, if I don't participate in this way, I will not be able to have this relationship and I want this relationship. So I'm going to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I specifically was like, I am going to do this too so that I can be in this relationship. And that really, I mean, for me, yeah, that continued on and how I showed up and how I've continued to show up in relationships through my whole adult life. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, with substances and with just that affection and everything, and it is. I'm finally at a point where I'm doing my own things, and it is. It's a little uncomfortable sometimes, still, but it feels so nice to actually have hobbies and have things. And I never thought i'd I never thought I would do that again.
1: Yeah, like I think that. Oh go ahead. No, dear, yeah. I, I was gonna say like in the codependent smoothness relationships, you just have a tendency to be able to fall into like. Uh, simple sort of style of living where you just if they you just follow along with everything that they're doing then it's just comfortable and easy oh i'll come home and do all the dishes and Mm -hmm. i'll do all the cleaning and you know like i'll just like this is so easy it's so peaceful as opposed to the codependent chaotic relationships that i've had you know so it's kind of like you can fall into the codependent smoothness for a lot longer Um, than you can for the chaotic ones. And I've had both styles of relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in fact, after smoothness came chaos for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because it was like, whoa, look at this roller coaster. (laughs) You know, I'd be driving into this person's house with like, I don't want to go there. But it's like, why am I going there? I'm I'm headed there. We're going to fix this. We're going to make this better. I'm no quitter. I'm no quitter. Every time. Uh, but Every it was time. Time. yeah like it's just like oh I can make this I can make this better mm-hmm. I can there's you know I'm, I'm a problem solver and this this is going to get fixed you know that's kind of like the attitude um, in that style of relationship and then it's like when it's like super simple it's like oh my god this is an easy ride if I just do everything she says and follow <laughs> along with everything she does, <laughs> this is so great you know like, maybe I'll have a little quiet time later, 15 minutes to myself, I and mean, I can read about that thing I wanted to read about, you know? <laughs> I'll squeeze myself in.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. <that>. Well, I'll <laughs> squeeze myself in today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I have found interesting because it's been brought up multiple times just having a small amount of time for myself or I actually get to re-engage in something that I like or have a hobby, right, do things of my interest. And what seems so core and central to the need under that is identity. Yes. I actually will get to have a piece of my identity if
1: I get to have those things. It's yeah, like, who am I without blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, and I,
3: gosh, it is like even thinking back, Like, doing all this work and thinking back, um, like, when I really started abandoning myself to meet other people's needs. Now, as an adult doing this work, I, like, when I first started, it was scary because I'm like, I don't know who I am at all. Like, I don't know what I like. I don't know what style of clothes that I really like. I don't know what movies I really like to watch. Mm -hmm. What are my hobbies? Like, what do I actually Mm -hmm. like to do? What did I do as a kid? and that I eventually thought wasn't cool anymore or what you know and it is it's it's crazy it's crazy to look at and see um that I thought I was doing it right like I was Mm -hmm. doing the the good Mm
2: -hmm. the good
3: job yeah
0: what are some other just basic needs Right, or things that are core to who you are as a person, as a woman, right, that you would silence with those those thoughts, like, I can fix this, I'm not a quitter, I'll make it better, we can make this work, it's oh. fine, mm-hmm. let's keep doing oh, this, man. I don't want to go there, but I'm still driving to the house to see mm-hmm. that person. What are some basic needs or other pieces of yourself that you would shut off? Or dismiss.
1: I mean, at the most basic level, simply expressing a feeling. That was exactly
3: mm-hmm. what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. Like everything. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> being able to express
2: your feelings, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very quickly, immediately. Actually, I don't feel that. Actually, I don't need that. Actually, I don't need to say this thing to be seen in this way. I can just shut all of me down and give you what you need and give you what you want so everything can be calm again.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's
2: common for us to be too much, too emotional,
3: too needy, mm-hmm. right? And so for me, I was like, I don't want to be needy. I don't want to be too emotional. Granted, when I cut that part off for me, that easily, um, that's where the codependent smoothness does not last for very long because mm-hmm. I immediately get those resentments and then I I pounce and I have to say something about it um, because I'm not, I know I'm not happy and I know that it's not okay um, and I can't stop, I can't stop participating mm-hmm. in that way.
1: Well and sometimes in those types of relationships when you, it's like you have to choose, I can take this moment and sometimes you would I need to be able to express my feelings so you'd express the feelings and the aftermath of you expressing a feeling was Mm -hmm. so much like worse at times like you were made to feel like there was something wrong with you for even having a feeling about it that it was like you quickly just learn to shut it off because it's easier Mm -hmm. if I don't feel things uh, I don't have to deal with other people's explosive feelings and yeah. I can manage through my feelings individually and when I say manage I know how to stuff them better than the other person <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I might as well just yeah. continue to stuff them of course I'm not aware of this as well it's happening but it's in fact what I would be doing
2: absolutely yeah I'm starting to feel like a deep sadness as we're all describing like what that looked like for us um, I was very good at shutting or stuffing down um, all of all of the feelings and everything in my relationships normally there was um, the threat was, well, if you have a problem, maybe you shouldn't be here. If you have if this isn't working for you, I can leave. If I'm not doing this right, then I can leave There was always that mm-hmm. holding over your head of um, the relationship just ending because we couldn't talk about things there nothing could be, um said that would imply that the other person wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing or else they would just leave and uh-huh. that was my biggest fear uh-huh. who am i if i am alone yeah. even in my even in my downtime like if i got some time away from the other person i was spending that time researching how to love them better i was figuring out okay what can i do like yeah. i'm gonna put some extra notes in the lunchbox this week i'm gonna have clothes pressed better i'm gonna have cars cleaned out can't <laughs> really yeah it is it's
3: insane even that time that you spend away from them it doesn't feel it doesn't feel right and i for me that that's dangerous because mm-hmm. then at that point i am so attached to you um that i can't even fathom what that looks like for you to go and do something on your own mm-hmm. for a bit because i don't know what you're doing like i don't know mm-hmm. that i like what if you leave and we're not on good terms what are you going to go do right? Like, are you going to find somebody else? Is this going to happen? And then I am put in that position where I have to make a hard decision, and I don't want to make a hard decision.
2: Mm-hmm. And then when I do
3: have to make the hard decision, I still choose you. I still do over myself, because mm-hmm. that is what I've been training myself to do all along.
1: Well, one of the things that you mentioned, and when you brought up that sadness, you know, it's interesting, because a lot of what we do with our inner work is also tap into the sadness and maybe try to correlate it to younger parts of ourselves, you know, experiences that we had when we were um, younger. And I can definitely relate to that feeling of, well, before, you know, this important figure in my life gets home, let me clean the house, let me have everything perfect. Yes. And maybe if, I straighten everything out and make everything perfect in this relationship, then I'm going to get my needs met, you know? So it's really some core hurt in these reenactments and what do they call it? The carbon print relationships, okay. right? Yeah. We make carbon copies. <laughs> carbon copies. Yes. yes.
2: <laughs> You're, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like, um, like taking it back to the family of origin, right? That's what, how I acted with my mom. Like if I can get this house clean, if I can like make things calm and take care of my brother and cook the food and do all these things, then yeah. maybe she will have time for me today. Mm-hmm. Maybe she will look at me today and give me love. And that is the same, just rolled over into every relationship that yeah. I have, you know? And when you're an adult doing that, Um, that is still very manipulative and selfish, right? I'm doing all these things so that maybe you will give me your time and love and energy. I'm still trying to get... I'm doing these things not because I need to be done or not because, like, really so you can... (laughs) Maybe there'll be some time for me in that.
1: Right, right. Because if I take care of all your needs and for me in that state, I also was just hoping that if I took care of a lot of the Communal needs like the house cleaning and all that. Maybe they would take care of their own needs in other areas too. So I'll give them time to go do the things they need to do for themselves, so they can be a better human around me when that time comes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that, that all always kind of failed. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah,
3: I feel like if I had the expectation right that you you do this and then you're gonna come back and be good, like usually every time I was wrong. Like, I would think, yes, if I clean the house, if I do all of these things, you are going to be nice to me. You are going to see me. You're going to love me Mm -hmm. today. You're going to want to um, participate in my hobbies. You might want to go to dinner with my friends. Like, Mm -hmm. something crazy like that. And then I would do all the things, and then they wouldn't respond in that way. And Mm -hmm. then I'm crushed. And I'm like, well why right and with that it's like okay either I pick a fight and I get real volatile about it um, or I do better next time and I just you know I think like oh I mean there's got you know there's got to be a good reason that they don't want to you know do this and and
2: it's fine it's Mm -hmm. fine you know Mm -hmm. it is what it is I'll do better next time yeah it's always fine and those sweet victories that come when that person actually like took 10 minutes to like hug you or embrace you or like say thank you for something, like, I swooped on that 15 minutes for that whole, like, mm-hmm. week of stuff I was doing for that, like, one 15 minutes. It melts like, all the <laughs> negative. Gosh. None of the rest mattered. I was like, <laughs> yes, I am worthy. <laughs> That's yeah. So,
1: like, yeah, just, like, <laughs> so much hustling for just a simple uh-huh. hug. Yep. So oh. sad. You ignore so you know, any so. <laughs> negative,
3: anything, um, yeah, anything... That you were holding on to
1: mm-hmm.
3: for that one moment and then you hope that it lasts and mm-hmm. that it just continues and it never does. And then <laughs> you just keep trying to coerce your way and <sighs> okay.
0: so where was the turning point? Where was the turning point for each of you when that little morsel of affection or attention or something that looked like love wasn't enough anymore? Mm. You know, because I can remember the exact moment when my partner for the, you know, the hundredth time had threatened to leave in the middle of a conflict because somebody broke the codependent rule. Mm -hmm. Right. And had threatened to just pack and leave and be gone. And that was my moment. I turned around. I looked at him in the face and I said, the next time you say this to me, you better be gone. You're done. Pack your bags and leave for real. Mm.
1: Right? Um,
0: and, you know, I don't even know exactly how come that was the moment, but I do know that something inside of me had shifted to say the little bit of good isn't worth it anymore. I'm willing to go it alone if I have to from here on out.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, Sadly, what it took was that there was an event that made the abuse so public that I couldn't hide it anymore, you know, sadly. It wasn't a moment of saving myself. It was, well, I guess it was saving my dignity and my pride. Like, Mm -hmm. you've shown now everybody else what you're capable of here, um and you've disrespected me to the extent that I cannot continue interacting with you anymore. This is, this is too much. Like I could, you know, I worked so hard to hide the truth of it that it was almost like a betrayal. Mm -hmm. Like I worked so hard to Mm -hmm. keep the lid on where you've gone with me with all these things. And now it's out there, everybody can see it. And now I'm gonna have to answer a lot of questions. And I don't want to have to answer them anymore, so uh, <laughs> or ever.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, mine is the same as your guys's, but I didn't have like once once the once the thing happened in public and it was so because like that was the act of betrayal. Like I am done. Yes, there was still contact after the thing, but I was never <laughs> going back. <laughs> um, We're not official. I was, yeah, I was never going. Um, back under the same roof, but my pattern was still the same. So I always left the, like, I went from um, a turbulent, um, like, vile relationship to a smooth codependent relationship. (laughs) Back and forth, I went, like, from turbulent to smooth, turbulent to smooth, Mm -hmm. like, different kind of codependent um, relationships until I hit a point in my um, addiction that I just like like filled with my body with every substance I could to try to stop the feelings that were happening inside of me. And that was me fighting with myself. and that was the point in which things shifted for me.
0: Thank you for listening and joining our conversation. We recommend also listening to the episode, Experiencing Interdependent Relationships. If you would like more information about Naomi, please visit our website at naomicommunity.org and click on the Join Us page.